This is Sarah Lemon, author of the Holdish blog and food writer for the Meal Tribune newspaper in Southern Oregon. This podcast is produced from the Meal Tribune and Rosebud Media. You can find it online at mealtribune.com forward slash podcasts and read my blog, The Whole Dish, at mealtribune.com forward slash lifestyle forward slash the hyphen whole hyphen dish. I can't overstate my enthusiasm for cranberries, which explains my column in this week's Mail Tribune food section a la carte, all about benefits health-wise and culinary-wise of incorporating cranberries in our menus after Thanksgiving is over. They're still in good supply, fresh in many local grocery stores. They will be for several more weeks. And this is the time when they're really starting to show up in my menus because I think that they go with so many other foods, even better than they go with turkey. I love them with ham and sausages and cured meats. I serve them with lamb chops, pate, and on a cheese platter. You can even spoon it on top of cheesecake or nestle it into sweet and savory pastries. It's just so easy to cook with cranberries to make a really, really delicious condiment that can be prepared ahead of time. It can sit in the fridge easily for a week or it freezes really well. The berries themselves freeze exceptionally well and I always pick up an extra bag or so for the freezer so I can have cranberry sauce for months and months after they're no longer available in stores, although they are often available then in the freezer section. But why not pick up the fresh cranberries when you can, particularly ones that are grown in Oregon? Oregon is one of the nation's leading producers, and specifically the South Coast, the ideal growing climate for cranberries, where pretty much all of the state's berries are produced. So that certainly has heightened their profile in the Eat Local movement of the past decade or so. It's a boon for people who value locally produced products that more single source cranberries have come onto the market rather than all of the farmers sending their crop to the Ocean Spray Co-op, which has certainly been the biggest player in the industry as long as most people can remember. I'll go through my method for making cranberry sauce in this podcast, reiterate it from my column that was published Wednesday, December 4th, under the headline, Cranberries Go Far Beyond Turkey Companion. I give a few more tips. This isn't a recipe so much because it is so flexible. You can put any type of fruit you want in this, really any type of seasonings and spices. You can add port wine, other types of sweetener, depending on your dietary requirements. It's just infinitely flexible. And cranberries have a really high pectin content, so they just effortlessly become like a jam consistency when they're cooked, which I happen to really love. Of course, if you're a fan of raw cranberry relish, most people are aware that they can very easily be chopped up in the food processor, finely, finely minced with other ingredients. Citrus zest is traditional. Nuts often are incorporated to make a raw relish that I even like on a sandwich. That's another option. But for serving alongside roasted meats, I do prefer the cooked cranberry sauce. 
I also thought I'd share a recipe in this podcast that I think goes perfectly with homemade cranberry sauce and makes for just a super, super easy but delicious and eye-catching holiday entertaining spread. And that's for a baked brie in puff pastry with pecans. It was posted to my blog, The Whole Dish, on November 18th under the headline, Bake Brie with Pastry Pecans for Season's Feast. This originally came from Martha Stewart, but I thought it was worth sharing on my blog. And now I'll share it on this podcast as a suggestion for accompanying cranberry sauce. First for the cranberry sauce, you can make this in any size batch. I like to use two bags of cranberries at a time and have some for a meal for four people with some left over. can make a smaller batch of just one bag and maybe it's appropriate for just a single meal of serving four people or just as a condiment on a holiday entertaining type spread. If you use two bags of cranberry sauce, I like to incorporate about a cup of other fruit. Peeled and cut up apples and pears are great this time of year. You can use citrus sections. You can use some other type of berry, raspberry, blueberries, huckleberries are really nice. I also made cranberry sauce with Bing type cherries that have been harvested from the tree in my yard the previous summer and frozen and then incorporated into this. The amount of sugar that you add certainly will be dictated by the sweetness of the fruit that you incorporate. Cranberries are tart. And I like that really tart little burst from some of the whole berries that don't split open during simmering. But you'll just have to adjust this to your tastes. If you don't want to use refined white sugar, you can use maple syrup. You could even use honey or citrus juice. I like to use orange juice in this sometimes. Apple cider is another really, really delicious addition. Have your two bags fresh cranberries. They need to be rinsed and picked over. Any that are squishy should be discarded. If they're not totally firm and bright red, if they're at all squishy and has started to turn brown, get rid of those ones. Rinse them well. And then in a pot over medium-low heat, start by dissolving about a half cup sugar in a quarter cup water. This essentially makes a simple syrup. You don't want to start it off too watery based on what other types of fruit you're going to be adding to this that break down and add water. Once the sugar is dissolved into the water, add the two bags of fresh cranberries that have been rinsed and picked over. Increase the heat to medium high, stirring that. Then add a cup of any other fruit you like. Those types that we mentioned, again, peeled and diced apples and pears, another type of berry, stir that. I like to add a cinnamon stick at this point. And if I haven't used any other citrus, an orange peel is nice to just peel off the outer zest of an orange in one long strip with a paring knife. Add that to the pot. A sprinkle of cloves can be nice if you like that. It's hard to add fresh whole cloves, although I have sometimes <laughs> to try to pick them out later, unless, of course, you tie them up in a spice bag. That's another technique. But these warming winter spices are natural in this. If you have whole cloves, maybe you have some allspice berries, and you want to add those to your spice bag. A sprinkle of cardamom is really nice as well with this. Stir, and then bring the mixture to a boil turning down the heat to a simmer. Continue stirring and replace the lid 
then listen for the berries to start to pop. They'll split open and make a little popping sound. Not as loud as popcorn, but reminds me of that. When they've been popping for a couple of minutes, turn off the heat completely. Stir the mixture again. Cover the pot and let it cool for 20 minutes or so on the stove before serving it or transferring it to the refrigerator. Again, this can be made easily in 30 minutes before mealtime, or it can be kept in the refrigerator for up to a week and frozen. I mentioned in my column, port or another dessert wine is also really lovely in this. In lieu of the water with the sugar, you may want to adjust the sweetness a little bit. A little splash of vinegar, if you've over-sweetened it, can like kind of bring back just some of that tart little zing if you're missing it. Just a splash. Now that you have your cranberry sauce, I absolutely adore this with cheese, crackers, and a baked brie is really, really delicious and just always a crowd pleaser this time of year. The recipe, again, posted to my blog on November 18th under the headline Bake Brie with Pastry Pecans for Season's Feast, calls for a half cup pecan halves, three tablespoons brown sugar, a half package, and that's one sheet of frozen puff pastry that's been thawed. I'd love to keep frozen puff pastry on hand. It just is really useful for all types of things this time of year and just impromptu little appetizers and even quiche. You'll also need an eight ounce round of brie. It's sort of like the medium sized one. One large egg yolk and two tablespoons heavy cream. In a small bowl, combine the half cup pecan halves and the three tablespoons brown sugar using your fingers to thoroughly mix that. Set it aside. Line a baking sheet with parchment paper or nonstick baking mat. Set that aside. Lightly dust your work surface with flour. Cut the piece of puff pastry in half and place on the work surface, one piece directly on top of the other. Using a rolling pin, adhere the two pieces of the puff pastry together and continue rolling it until it's very thin, slightly less than one eighth inch thick. Place the brie in the center of the puff pastry and top the brie with the pecan mixture spreading to within a half inch of the edges of the cheese. Be sure to remove any sugar or nuts from the puff pastry as they may cause holes to form during baking. And then fold the puff pastry up and over the brie to enclose it. Use a sharp knife or clean scissors to trim the excess, reserving the scraps, and transfer the brie to the prepared baking sheet. In a small bowl, combine the egg yolk and cream to make an egg wash, and then cut those reserved scraps of puff pastry to make any decorative shapes. This doesn't really have to be hard. It's pretty easy to make just a stylized design of leaves if you really don't want to do it. <laughs> we don't have to live up to Martha Stewart's standards. I won't tell anyone. Using a pastry brush, gently brush the decorative shapes with egg wash and adhere to the wrapped brie, and then brush the wrapped brie evenly with egg wash. Refrigerate for at least three hours and up to overnight. Again, another component of a super, super easy make-ahead kind of entertaining buffet. Heat the oven to 400 degrees Fahrenheit when you're ready to serve all this. Bake the brie in the preheated oven until golden brown and puffed for about 30 minutes. Then reduce the oven temperature to 350 degrees and bake until it's dark golden brown for 10 to 15 minutes more. Served with sliced baguette, crackers, or fruit, namely our cranberry sauce. And of course, the Rogue Valley's famed camise pears are so delicious with this. It almost doesn't seem like the holidays without this combination of ripe, juicy, sweet camise pears and cheese, particularly brie. Although 
all of our other local cheeses, namely blue cheese, is really, really delicious as well this time of year. That makes six to eight servings. And again, you can find that recipe from November 18th on my blog, The Whole Dish, at mailtribune.com forward slash lifestyle forward slash the hyphen whole hyphen dish. Find my method for cranberry sauce in my most recent column in the Meal Tribune's food section. On that same page, The Whole Dish, we can also search for cranberries, click on the magnifying glass on the right-hand side of the Meal Tribune's website and get in the search field, enter cranberries, it should come right up. Use those ideas to jumpstart your holiday entertaining. I know it's on my mind with Christmas parties on the horizon and look for more holiday entertaining tips and recipes on my blog, The Whole Dish, throughout this month. Thanks for listening to and reading The Whole Dish.